Welcome to Pursuit Church Mornington Podcast with Pastor Brian Carden. The message you're about to hear will help you build your faith in Christ and grow in the knowledge of His will. Let's go right into the message. All right, stay standing with me. We're going to read out of 1 John chapter 3 today. This is where we're going to live and learn today about the Father's love. Verse 1 says, See what incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us, that we would be permitted to be named, called, accounted as the children of God. And so we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it does not know him. Heavenly Father, I just thank you, Lord, for this word. Lord, I thank you that as I minister, that you just use me as your mouthpiece to just speak exactly what the body needs today, to help build, encourage, and equip today. I thank you, Lord, that you just give me grace as I read and as I speak, and that your word will just be settled into the hearts and to the mind of each and every person here. We love you, Lord, and we thank you, Father, for this opportunity to just be with you and to grow with you, Lord. Amen. Please be seated. We're going to be looking, like I said, through 1 John chapter 3 about the Father's love, what it does for us, what it is, how we remain in his love, and how we love like him. I think it's really important today to have that understanding. I love what verse 1 says. It says, to see, to behold, what incredible quality of love the Father has shown to us. You see, to see or to behold God's love is that we're supposed to gaze. We're supposed to focus our whole attention unto our Father. Not taking it lightly and not taking it as this simple uh, thought or how we naturally try to dumb things down to make it seem like, yeah, I know God loves me. Yeah, I get it. It's not, a, it's not like that. It is to see with the eyes and the mind, to become acquainted by experience, to experience and to take heed of our God's love. That's what it means to see this type of love. As we keep reading just this one verse still, he has bestowed his love upon us. Bestowed, shown, given. He lavishes once one uh, version of the Bible says, lavishes his love upon us. God just grants his love. He supplies it. He furnishes it in its entirety. He delivers his love and extends his love out to all of us. Now, how do we know this? This scripture still says it right here. For we are named, called, and accounted as his children. I think that's really important to remember that, where we come from, who our Father is. He has named us, he has called us, and he has counted us. He knows you, every part of you. And that's why we call God our Father. He is our creator. He is the upholder. He is the ruler of all things. He preserves and guards us. He protects us. And he protects everything that he creates. Believers in him, those who are in Christ and they have an intimate relationship with God, we no longer dread 
the natural father concept any longer because we know this. We no longer dread that the, the judgmental father or the angry father or the, oh no, God's out to get me with his rules and commandments and precepts. I can't do this. No, that's not the type of love that he is bestowing upon us. He's bestowing to us to be able to just worship him, to be able to fearfully come to him, to just abide in his presence. And it's the one that has reconciled us back to our loving father. This is the love that we have. This is the love of a father that is given to us. We're also called and known by every part of the Trinity. The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. 2 Corinthians 6.18 says, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Hebrews 2.11, it says that he is not ashamed to call them brethren. Romans 8, 6 says that the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. We are known by our Father. Amen. Verse 1 still in John chapter 3, it says, Even for this reason, the world doesn't know us. And this is because of our new nature in Christ. This is because we are strangers to this world. And the world cannot understand where we're from. We have this new seed, this new life that's on the inside of us. They don't know it yet. We're foreigners to this world. I love what Jake's dad always says. That I'm not a Texan. I'm not from America. I'm not American. I'm a Havanian. My citizenship is found in heaven. <laughs> I've, been, I've been blessed with just two amazing dads. And the world won't know that. The world doesn't understand that. Because we're not of this world any longer. Verse 2 says that, beloved... We are even here and now children of God, and yet it does not make clear what we will be after his coming. We know that when he comes and is revealed, we will, as his children, be like him, because we will see him just as he is in all of his glory, and everyone who has this hope confidently placed in him, purifies himself, just as our Father is pure, holy, and undefiled. You see, as Christians today, we have to step into this full understanding of this, that living our lives as though we believe this to be true. He is my Father. He has called me. He loves me. He has made me just like him, and I will recognize him in all of his glory. I will know him when he comes. I will be able to identify that that's my father. You see, these verses make me think of all of the feelings I felt when I was pregnant with Brayden. And I knew that in my heart there was nothing I wouldn't do for my son. Whenever his feet were in my ribs... I'd say, oh, thank you, Lord. 
Thank you, Lord, for my son. Thank you, Lord, that you have given him to me. There was nothing that I wouldn't already say or do for him. I would do everything for him. Jake was the exact same way becoming a father. He was like, I can't wait. (laughs) I love him already, and I don't even know him. You see, God feels the exact same way about us. So see today and behold how great his love is for you. Don't forget it. And this is how is we, we have to remain in his love. Remain. And what does this look like? Because we still have to understand his love for us as a father. Because his love is sacrificial. We know this to be true in John 3, 16 and verse 17. We can't forget that one. That for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Our heavenly father loves us so much that he gave everything. He gave his only begotten son as a sacrifice. Nowhere in the scripture do you see where he only gives in part, where he only gives a little bit, or he gives just to an individual, or just a little bit because, Cindy, you are all right today, so you only get like five out of ten. That was, that's not God's love towards us. He gives everything. He sacrifices it all for us. And he did this so we could have a new life and so that we could spend eternity with him. This is a true, sacrificial, unconditional love. And we give our life back to him. He loved us. We love him. He gave us life. We give our life for him. We sacrifice everything back to him to say, Lord, I will serve you. Lord, I will abide in your word always. Lord, I will lay my life down selflessly so that I can build your kingdom, so that I can be in your presence. God, I just want you. I'll obey you. I will worship you, and I will remain in you. You see, God also gives us his spirit. He continues to pour out. John 14, 15 to 17 says, If you love me, keep my commands. And I will ask of the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. This is one of the greatest gifts that we receive as we become children to our Heavenly Father. This is one of the greatest gifts. The Holy Spirit guides us. He teaches us. He comforts us. This gift from God is a gift of himself. Of his whole self, his spirit, that empowers us to be children of God, knowing his love. He gave us that so that we can be followers of him. His love keeps us. This is probably one of my favorites. Because even though we fall short of God's glory, God continues to provide a way to keep us from sin. And this is through the blood of Jesus. Just like what we were singing about, what we were worshiping, this understanding 
that the blood of Jesus has saved us. 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light, as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. We have been washed by the blood of Jesus and made righteous in him, even when sin tries to entrap us. Even when we walk through the valley. Even when we are facing a mountain. Going back to 1 John chapter 3, we're going to read a little bit because this is really important. Verses 4 to 9, I'll try to read this fast, but I'll try. It's a lot of words. <laughs> I was, <laughs> Jake was looking at my notes and he's like, you're going to read all that? <laughs> and I was like, yep. <laughs> so look out. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness. And sin is lawlessness. Ignoring God's law by actions or neglecting or tolerating wrongdoing. You know that he appeared in order to take away sin. And in him there is absolutely no sin. So no one who abides in him, who remains united in fellowship with him, knowingly and habitually practices sin. No one who habitually practices sin has seen him or known him. Verse 7, little children, you, believers, dear ones, do not let anyone lead you astray. The one who practices righteousness, the one who strives to live a consistently and honorable life, in private and in public, to, not com to conform to God's precepts is righteous. Just as he is righteous. The one who practices sin separates himself from God. Now, God doesn't separate us. Sin, we separate from God. So the one who practices sin separates himself from God and offends him by acting out of obedience. Or, sorry, disobedience or rebellion. And he is of the devil and takes this characteristic and values from him and not of God. For the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil, to destroy sin, to destroy the thing that tries to entrap us, to try to get us to, to, for us to be separated from our Heavenly Father. Jesus defeated that. And he who is born again cannot habitually live a life that is characterized by sin because he is born of God. He has the seed of God on the inside of him and longs to please God. Longs to please him. You see, faith in the Father's love keeps us. Faith in him. Faith in his word. Faith in knowing and believing that all it takes is to call upon the name of the Lord. He will renew your strength. Call upon the name of the Lord knowing that sin is defeated. There is no dominion or rule any longer for those who are children of God. Who call him father. Who call him dad. Abba. I love you Lord. You are my father. Faith in his word enables us to stand. Who in here has a Bible today? Who in here has it it's on their phone, whatever, paper, leather, whatever? 
That's God's word to you. And our habits, our very nature, starts to become more and more like him when we keep his word, when we stand on his word. For example, I used to practice volleyball, and my mom would hate it because I would, I would just slam it against the side of the house, just ba-ba, ba-ba, and it was just continual. And I, yes, I would practice left hand, and I would practice right hand because my coach would tell me, if you want to get better, you need to practice. You need to just go up against a wall and just and just go at it all the time. And I would do 100, and I would do 100, and I would do another 100, and I would do another 100. And by doing this, I actually started to create this habit of good spiking, of good, of good volleyball practice. And this is the same way that our habits and our very nature, the very core of us, starts to become more like God when we start abiding in his word and abiding in his presence and trusting that he is our father and he's going to take care of us. We can have that. You see, I love that we start to become like our father. You know, whenever I went to visit my family, my mom noticed how Brayden kind of talk like Jake, or his mannerisms kind of, he would do something like Jake, and my mom would be like, that's Jake. That's a nice little miniature Jake walking. And she would, she'd be like, oh my gosh, he walks like him too. Like, he just has his whole, his whole character. His mannerisms are just like his father's. Brayden even moves his feet like his dad. When they're chilling on the couch and they prop their feet up, they, they do the same thing. It's, it's crazy. <laughs> And I'm watching it, and I'm like, yeah, they're doing the same thing. And whenever I tell him, Brayden, you're just like your dad, he just smiles, and he's like, I know. <laughs> I am. He, he, he loves being like his dad. He loves it. He is so proud and that's the same way that God looks at you as his children. He is so proud of you. He is so ready to just say, yes, I love you. It pleases our Father to abide in him and to have confidence in him to say, man, I'm just like my dad. I sound just like his word. Woo. And this is how we love like him. Going back to 1 John 3, 16 to 24. Again, it's a lot to read, so bear with me. But I'll break it down a little bit because I think there's some really great points to remember how we love like our father. Verse 16, by this we know, again, and have come to this understanding of his presence, of his love. That he willingly laid down his life for us because he loves us. And we ought to lay down our lives for the believers. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need but has no compassion for him, how does the love of God live in him? Little children, believers, you, let us not love merely in theory. 
or with words, but in action and in truth, in practice and in sincerity. You know, our actions always speak louder than our words. And in anything that we do, we should be loving sacrificially, just like our Heavenly Father. Not counting every single cost or every single good thing that we did. Like, oh, yeah, I remember I did that for you again and again and again. And goodness, I'm tired of loving you. <laughs> That's called counting the cost. We willingly give everything. We don't hold back our worship from God. We don't leave um, here feeling just less, but we actually leave his presence feeling full. We love the church body. We love his kingdom. We love every single person that's here with a love that only comes from our heavenly father. And this is also walking in truth. So there is action in truth that happens when we are walking like God. And this truth sometimes looks a little bit different than what the world says love is, right? Sometimes what the world says, you know, you need to compromise to love me. You need, to, you need to relate to me, love me. No. True love is not that. When we have the love of God, we stand on his word, and that is what truth is. We say it with compassion and with love and with all sincerity to people, helping people, building people. But we love in truth pertaining to God's word. We can love our brothers and sisters by building them up in the word of God, helping them, loving them, taking them and making sure, hey, I saw that you weren't doing so great. Are you all right? Let me pray over you. What do you need? Let me actually help you. Don't just do it in words. What do you need? Do you need groceries? Do you need a new shirt? What do you need? Do you need me to come over and help you with something? Do you need me to pray over your house? Let's go pray over your house. Do, actually doing things to love people and to, and to love like God loves. Verse 19, by this we will know without a doubt, without a doubt in our mind, that we are of the truth and will assure our hearts and quiet our conscience before him. Whenever our heart convicts us in guilt, for God is greater than our heart, and he knows all things because nothing is hidden from him. Beloved, if our heart does not convict us of guilt, we have confidence and complete assurance before God. And we receive him from whatever we ask because we carefully and consistently keep his commandments and do the things that are pleasing in his sight habitually seeking to follow his plans. This is his commandment, that we believe with personal faith and confident trust in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, that we unselfishly love and seek the best for one another, just as he commanded us. Verse 24 the one who habitually keeps his commandments, obeying his word and his precepts, abiding in God's word, remains in him, remains in him, in God, and God remains in him. By this we know and have proof that he really abides in us. By the spirit 
whom he has given us as a gift. Remember this, real love isn't just merely felt as an inward feeling. It's also shown by demonstration. And the ultimate demonstration was Jesus dying on the cross for us. That's the ultimate sacrifice, the ultimate love that we could have. And this, um, in Romans 5, 8, it says, but God demonstrates his own love towards us even while we were still sinners, he died for us. Even when he knew we'd be a bit tough to work with. <laughs> right? Don't look to your neighbors. <laughs> it's Father's Day. You can't, so you can't say it to the dads today. But in God's love towards us, he still saved us. As you're walking in his love and remaining in his love, you still have to love others as well. The same way that God would. If God would die for them, hey, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I love you the way God loves you. You see, the Bible talks about four different types of love, but I'm not going to go through those. We're going to look at agape. And I love how um, this is written. It says, agape is described a love that loves without changing. It is self-giving love that gives without demanding or expecting any repayment. It's a love that is so great that it can be given to the unlovable or the unappealing. It is a love that loves even when it's rejected. Agape love gives and loves because it wants to. I want to love my father. I want to be in his presence because I know he wants me. I know he wants each and every one of you today as well. Agape is, is a type of love that does not demand or expects any repayment from the love that has been given. It doesn't love in order to receive. This type of love for us today as we walk in the Father's love and as we continue to remain in it, it's to love the individual. It's to love our family. It's to walk in that same love for the church for his body. It's the same love that we do every single day in his word. We are to reciprocate and to mirror God's love to all of us, to, to all of us and to everyone that's around us. And I'll just end with this. If you've never known the Father's love like this, how to abide in him, knowing that he's given everything for you, knowing that He's done it all. He's paid the highest price for you. I pray that you get this revelation from his word. Read this word again. Get it in your heart. Let it become a habit to know that the Father's love is for me. And I can love others the same way. Take time to seek the Father's love. If you've been hurt by your father. Because y'all aren't alone in that. I remember growing up, I didn't, I, didn't want, I didn't want to have to deal with, like, a father ever. But you know how good God is that he blessed me with two. <laughs> I have my stepfather, who is amazing. And I have my father-in-law, who is amazing. 
And I just have this double reward that my heavenly father blessed me with. And it's just a testimony of how good God is to know that he loved me that like that because he knew exactly what I needed. He knew exactly what my family needed, just everything to propel my life. And so take time to say, Father, I love you. I want to know your love because it is intimacy. It is knowing your Father and loving him and abiding in him, remaining and staying faithful to him. Now, these are just a, a handful of scriptures about how deep and how wide and how great our love is from our Heavenly Father. But I'm just going to read a, a quick letter from our Father. It says, My child, you may not know me, but I know everything about you. I know when you sit down and when you rise up. I'm familiar with all your ways. Even the very hairs on your head are numbered. For you were made in my image. In me, you live and move and have your being, for you are my offspring. I knew you even before you were conceived. I chose you when I planned creation. You were not a mistake, for all your days were written in my book. I determined the exact time of your birth and where you would live. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. I knit you together in your mother's womb and brought you forth on the day you were born. I have been misrepresented by those who don't know me. I am not distant and angry, but I am the complete expression of love. And it is my desire to lavish my love on you simply because you are my child and I am your father. I offer you more than your earthly father ever could, for I am the perfect father. Every good gift that you receive comes from my hand, for I am your provider and I meet all your needs. My plan for your future has always been filled with hope because I love you with an everlasting love. I gave up everything that I loved that I might gain your love. If you receive the gift of my son Jesus, you receive me. And nothing will ever separate you from my love again. Come home, and I'll throw you the biggest party heaven has ever seen. I've always been father, and I will always be father. My question is, will you be my child? I am waiting for you. Love your dad, almighty God. Thank you for listening to today. If you are wanting more of these timely messages and teachings, go to our website at Pursuit Church Mornington to find all the other ways you can access Pursuit Church ministry and messages.